You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. people welcome to season 11 of fully booked here with myself mace myself french and myself andrew and to, um on this season we're going to be reading a book called dope black boy to rich black man now if you lot have seen the almost what i'd like to call the prelude but it deserves its own special mention in its own effect it was a fully booked meets we've done with swift george which was amazing so we've released that in two parts on the audios and it's out on the youtubes now visually but if you saw that the reason why we had Swift George on before before we reviewed we reviewed this book was because his story res- was similar. It kind of resonated with me and the boys in terms of what he went through, similar to the same character in here, Christopher Freeman, what he went through to kind of get himself from the kind of streets into the business world and, and how his mindset changed and how he transferred his skills that he learned on the streets into the business world and how he became a kind of an icon almost. Uh, a kind of a figure, a figurehead in within within their both within their various industries. Without further ado, we're going to start the review. <laughs> Without further ado, yeah, we're going to start. Gonna start. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't no review, big man. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start going through. Uh, cool. Um, yeah, I think it would be it would be makes sense to mention that it's it's not the typical self improvement book that we we normally do. It's more of a story based, but it's very self-improved based in terms of life and experiences and lessons learned from that. So uh, we'll dive in and um, yeah, let us know what your thoughts and comments are in regards to the questions and answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts off with an intro and he makes, he makes notes saying, with local and national media headlines displaying the, face, the faces of the same demographic of murdered young black males daily, what is the message being sent? Mm-hmm. So literally, what is the message being sent and is the media a significant catalyst for the portrayal of young black males? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of hard. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick off with this because it's kind of hard. And, and what, what's kind of... What's crazy is how much we can kind of link our experiences being from a big city, being from London with kind of um, American media and, and the experience in America. I mean, the, the whole world is probably aware of, of kind of what young, especially young black males, but obviously those of, of a BM, BAME kind of uh, minority, what they go through in America. And it's the same experience that we've seen in London. And, and a lot of kind of when you're, I mean, from a young age, and even up till now, a lot of what you see on, on mainstream media, if it's not a kind of black sports star, a black musician, you will not really get kind of black biz or an actor or something like that, or actress. You will not really get um, black business figureheads that are kind of promoted to you via the media. It's always a kind of a, kind of a negative picture. You see, like, um, in terms of crime, um, in terms of, in terms of, or the mistreatment of black people, and you just kind of, it ends up being this kind of, this barrier that kind of almost black, young black males, they kind of have this barrier, especially with like, with like almost what I like, I don't know how to explain it, but almost with the law. So with, with kind of your, your, your police, your police establishment because of what's kind of what the media portrays, but it's not good because for us, we see kind of 
or for me anyway, I'll let you guys speak on yourself. What I see is if it's not a sports star or those I've, I've, I've mentioned beforehand, if it's not them on the news, then usually it's kind of a negative impact. But at this, by the same token, you've got to remember the news um, goes out to a very, very wide um, audience, including those in rural parts of the country, which might be predominantly like um, 90, 95% um, uh, Caucasian areas. And if their only experience or interaction is via mainstream media and all they're seeing is a negative portrayal of black males, when they come out, when they visit big cities or when they see someone move into their area, their immediate, um, their immediate kind of... Um, their immediate kind of reaction might be to have one of fear or of a negative connotation associated with a, with a black male. Um, so I think the mainstream media, they have a huge importance. And what we've seen recently with the whole kind of Black Lives Movement matter, um, black, life, black Lives Matter movement and kind of this whole um, focus that the, like the world has shone on kind of, especially young black males because of what's gone on in America, we're starting to see how much... Um, we're starting to see how much, how much this has been highlighted and emphasised that young black, the portrayal of young black males, how they're not portrayed in a positive light enough. And what I do love, and what I do love that's come out of this is there seems to be, especially with social media as well, which isn't isn't kind of dominated as much by the kind of figureheads who run ma mainstream media, especially with social media. You're starting to see a lot of black individuals come together with the launch and the rise of Black Pound Day, which my brother P always sends a message to a, a group that we're in to say, by the way, yo, it's Black Pound Day um, today. And I'm starting, we're starting to see a little bit of togetherness and we'll just see if we, can, if we can still keep that going, if that makes sense, and kind of keep striving on because you've got huge broadcasters like, I don't want to mention, I don't really want to mention, but I'm going to mention one like Sky where, um, you know, Sky Sports, a lot of people watch football and they, they're kind of highlighting this kind of um, on, the, on the football shirts, on the TV screens, people bowing down, and it's just with that, you've got to remember how many people are tuned into like a football match, a Premier League football match, not just in this country, but worldwide. With that, it highlights how the mistreatment of black people has been. And I just feel like it's just with, with, the, with the mainstream media, especially, we've just got a, they've got a responsibility to make sure that it, they, they paint us in a light that it's not, it's not a negative connotation. And we just want an equal setting. That's how I feel about that, that, that kind of statement, bro. What yourself, Pete? Um, I think Lee's said it quite well, if I'm honest. Um, sorry, you're quite, I mean, when, you, when, when Lee first started speaking, the first thing I thought about was ultimately is about the perception. I mean, there's only one, one side told in regards to our story. And in some case, like, is it our story in full? Um, and that is the issue, truth be told. I mean, Lee, um, Mason was touching on one or two other bits and pieces. And then the first thing that, well, one of the other things that came to mind was a friend who's actually a partner in a in a law firm, and he was speaking the other day um, of the fact that I think he he deals with some clients, and obviously in being a partner in a law firm, you don't not that you don't have anyone to answer to, but you're at the highest possible level, obviously in your in your corporation. So you don't necessarily need to go seek. Of course, you seek advice, but you you don't have any other seniors. You have partners, and he was saying he sometimes deals with clients, and then they ask whether. X is okay with it, um, knowing full well that he's a partner. And he says sometimes it makes him feel uncomfortable in being a black male, let's say, in his, in his profession. He's not too sure whether other individuals of, of different races are comfortable with leaving business with him. So these are things that he has discussed in recent time. But 
And it was actually very, very similar to um, some of the things that Swift George said as well as to people are not used to seeing, or actually, I don't, even, I don't want to say people are not used to seeing, but people are not, actually, I'm going to say that for the lack of a better a word or better term, people are not used to seeing black people in business. In so it becomes very, very difficult to understand, understand or actually lend money to them. And, it's um, a- and things, again, like, you know, of that nature. Um, yeah, that's that's it, really, if I'm honest. Going back to what you just said, Pete, when we had Swift George on, one of the things he said was when he first started entering into business meetings and it came to the financial side, he would be asked questions like, is it just you? Who's your backers? And all these kind of questions, almost saying, because the mindset of that person he was dealing with is not used to a, 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 a black businessman in their 30s with these kind of figures or numbers or kind of... Um, documents and trying to strike deals without some kind of financial support or backing from a Caucasian male or or someone else that looks a bit more how they would perceive the businessman to look. One other thing I forgot to mention as well actually which come back to my point I was I was actually I had the TV on in the background today yeah and on the news there was I'm not gonna say the names but there was a there was a, a mother of someone so he's he um he basically was shot dead by the police. Yeah, he was shot dead by the police, and um, it was deemed lawful at the time. And the the, the uh, mother and and her kind of legal team have gone through the the justice system to kind of keep pursuing and saying he was unlawfully shot. The news I had the TV on the background throughout the majority of the day, and obviously you know, as you know, the the news will tend to repeat itself. Yeah, or or they'll keep bringing up the same stories. Yeah, throughout that, this story came on about three times. And it was all about that the main nuance of this story was the fact that someone hadn't carried out their job or their, or their prof, yeah, carried out their job to the professionalism. Forget the police factor, just someone had to carry out their job to the professionalism and standards that set out in their, in their scope of service or in their job role. What they kept doing, yeah, because the circumstances under which the person was shot was he was in the process of doing something he shouldn't have been doing. But what they kept doing, yeah, remember five years ago, this guy killed, died, this has all been on the news. What they kept doing was highlighting the circumstances under which he was shot, even though it's now been deemed it could be unlawful in the way he was shot and that person might face prosecution. They kept highlighting the circumstances under which he got shot, almost to say, well, you know, you shouldn't have been in that situation. You shouldn't have been in that situation. What were you doing? Even though they're saying that that particular police officer was unlawful in killing that guy. And that's the kind of thing I'm saying. It's almost like, let's focus and make sure everyone's focused on the fact that he was doing something he shouldn't have been doing. That's not for, that shouldn't be for the mainstream media to do that. that, That's, that's left to the courts. The fact of the matter is this officer is might face prosecution because he didn't carry out his job role as he should have. That should be the focus. And that was one thing that, that was on today. That's just another factor. Sorry, just on the touch. So, just touching on um, uh, our perception, and I think something else I was saying previously. I just made a note. I actually like. I know we're fed different narratives and perceptions obviously via the media, and potentially even via social media as well. Although it's different, I now don't believe we lack the figures we're looking for. Of course, we we would want them, and obviously in more abundance. But I don't think we lack them. I just feel that we. Um, at this moment in time, some of us find it very, very hard to actually find them. And that's just now my perception or the way I'm trying to look at at this point, at this moment in time. 
like the figures in, in a business sense. Like the you know, I business. think they are there. I think they are there. I think we just, I mean, not to get into data, but like again, obviously, we're we're ten percent of I don't know. Are we? I think let's say we're ten percent of the United Kingdom. It's only natural that the numbers are going to be reflective as to the amount of leaders we do have in our community. So I'm not that surprised, but I do think despite the narrative and the perceptions that are out there, I think there are a lot of people who are doing a lot, a lot of good work. And it doesn't surprise me that narratives are put out in regards to what different groups and different types of people do, because it's in their best interest. I mean, people would ask, okay, what's their best interest? But as to the story you were just talking about moments ago, of course, not of course. Yeah, I'm going to say of course. Of course, they're going to um, spin that narrative because if I'm a okay, the Conservative Party obviously run this country. I think the last thing they want to do is put out a narrative as to they're not being correct law and order in this country and not backing the, the the Metropolitan Police. That just doesn't work. Doesn't work and doesn't bode well. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And if you continue to put, I mean, a lot of the narratives that are currently out in, in the media and in general. They serve a purpose, and that's the reason why they're there. And again, obviously, yeah. as people, and obviously, as black people, it's our job to change those narratives and and show people otherwise. Um, you know, uh, God, hey, French. This is your, your one, two statement sentence as part of the conversation. But what's so I've just picked up on something on what Pocker was saying. Um, I had a conversation, so uh, French, you might remember, you met a, a friend of mine called Daniel once. Um, yeah. And we, I think we'd done like a pilot something. Yeah, right. So um, he, I had a, had a conversation, I had a conversation with him on Wednesday and um, he, um, I don't know how we got speaking about it, but we kind of just got speaking. We, we touched on the, on the subject of how, um, generally speaking, when you, when you picture or look at um, a Jewish person or community, how almost you wouldn't, look at them as ghetto or you wouldn't sorry you wouldn't think of them as ghetto you wouldn't think of them as as poor or working class you'd think of them as kind of middle to upper end of society in terms of like um let's say financially or, or economically i'm just saying how did they how did they get to that to that to that point and one of the things that we spoke about or he kind of educated me a bit i knew a little bit but he educated me a little bit more about was um because i had always heard of this thing about like um when you turn a certain age in the Jewish community, like the, you have like a, I don't know what you call it, a communal or like a party, a gathering, and everyone's... Oh, yeah. It's almost like a, a christening type of thing, obviously not a baby, but where everyone, community members come, and one of the things they'll do is distribute a certain amount of money and whatnot, and all of a sudden someone's got a, a, a semi-start in life, whether that's 10, 15, 20K. But the other thing is the connections that's made. And within the family and within the out, outside and wider circle, the connections. Oh, do you know such and such? My son is now 18. Oh, yeah, and he's doing law. Oh, I know, um, you know, Joshua over there. He, his father runs a consultancy firm, a law consultancy Oh, okay, maybe you can do work experience. And, like, it just builds like that to where you kind of, you might start off at the bottom, but every generation rises. And they're doing it as a community. And it was just one of the things that we spoke about, um, Daniel, about the fact that, you know, like we don't, we don't do that enough. Or we don't have that. Do you get what I'm saying? Or if we do, it's very tucked away. Like we had like these partner systems and stuff back in the day, but it's kind of like almost washed away. And it's almost like if I've made it, yes, like I've made it crab in a barrel. I'm the one that got out kind of thing. So that was one of the things we spoke about as well, man. But that's, that's like, see this whole Black Pound Day thing, P, that, that I know you, you're kind of, you're, you're big on and stuff. 
I know it's a small idea. I know it might not take off. It might, it may not have have wings, but at the same time, someone's trying something. Um, going back to the message, though, I know we, we tend to, to go off course, but I do want to stay with what we're actually talking about, which is the message being sent by the media. And it, it's... You got obviously you both made great points, and I definitely agree with a lot of what you're saying. But I just also want to back up it, back it up with the fact that the media is is owned by a set amount of people, so it's in their interest, as you pointed out, to deem us in a negative light. And it goes back before we had media. I mean, the media that we have now is is intensified ten times to what it was, say, fifty, sixty years ago. Yeah, going, yeah, going back to my point, I don't want to, I don't want to wrap it on too long about like giving you guys rebuttals. So I'm just going to go straight to the point in regards to believing that the message being sent by the media is that black lives aren't valued. Essentially, like that's it. We're not as valued as as our counterparts, whether that's Asian, Caucasian, or otherwise. Because I was thinking that in, in reality, when it comes to the media, we don't really see when like a white you get shot or a white you get stabbed up or a white you dies. You don't really, that, that news doesn't really get covered. But when it's us, it's splattered all over the place like we're, we're wild animals and it's, it's always in a negative. We don't ever get shown really doing something positive for the community or winning some kind of award where it's, Again, our white counterparts, that's what you see all the time. It's a, it's a very clear, distinct message, I feel, when it comes to us from the media. And, and I do think it's the, uh, the media's, media is definitely a catalyst for the portrayal of young black males. And it feeds into society and then people automatically react to how they feel they've seen a black, like a black man being portrayed. So whether it's in hoodies or in groups or... So for example, if me, you, us three and another two guys was outside chilling, from the media's point of view, would be considered some, some, some kind of gang. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's always being portrayed for media. That's not us saying, yeah, we're gang. That's the media saying that's the gang. So anyone from outside the culture is going to, they'll see that and think that's what it is when it's not the case. And as you said, Pete, uh, Mace, they, they do hold a large responsibility, but can we really rely on them to set the tone for us? Because they're always, they're always going to pick out our, our bad faults. They're always going to be looking at how to demonise us. Um, I think we're in an age and era where social media is playing a very big part and it's, that's why we get movements like the BOM and it's going global and it's international news because we are coming together. We are having solidarity. Solidarity, I think I said that right. And, and um, it's not so media focused because I'm sure there's been a few instances just over when the, the riots and not even the riots, I didn't want to say the riots, but the protests was happening and how the media reported it to how actually things was when people were doing it, recording it from their own videos is totally different to, to what was happening. So in regards to some of the images that you may have seen in the newspapers and then the stories behind it, I can't speak of anything specific, um, 
yeah, nothing specific comes to mind, no, in particular story, but just in general, you'll get a different angle to what the actual story is from the pictures being shown and the stories that's being shown. So I think we're definitely in the age where social media is a big help and also there's a hindrance to it, but I don't want to go into that. That's kind of like a, another subject matter, I would say. But yeah, my, my point being is, yes, they, they, are, they should be held accountable. It's unlikely they will because it is system, it's systematic and it's been like that. But it's, as you pointed out, it is down for us to, to have our own platforms such as these so we can shine light on a, a Swift George, on, on any other guys that are doing things outside of the entertainment business that is actually proud black members of the community and doing positive things and being positive role models, whether it's male or female. Um, he goes on to set a, mention a set of rhetorical questions. And I'm going to read them out and it's going to set the tone to, I guess, a public service announcement to a lot of our black youths, a lot of our young black males. And um, I think it's quite poignant. And we'll go into a question afterwards. So he mentions, he says, is war between countries not a glorified version of gangbanging between sets? Is the Israel-Palestine conflict not similar to the blood versus Crips beef? Are foreign relation tactics to amass more land and oil much different from a dope boys hustle game to take over more blocks to sell crack? Is capitalism anything other than a hustler's ambition? Now, he goes on to make, I'm calling it a public service announcement because it, it definitely is, um, it gets you riled up if you're a young black male, especially, then hearing these words from another man that is of the same colour creed and come from the same background, to hear these words being spoken, it's going to give you some kind of, some energy that, yeah, there is a belief, especially when going back to the media, it's always being painted out as we're not, we're not who we are, we're, our only history is slave. So I'll, I'll go on to it and read what he said. You're not animalistic, inferior, stupid, incapable, unloved, nor hopeless. You are fearless, superior, intelligent, talented, and secretly idolized by the world for your raw expression of your personal will to win. You are built with the same gene for greatness as the greatest men and leader who have ever lived. You have identified within yourself one of the greatest qualities a man can possess, a hustler's ambition. This hustler's ambition is the core building block for driving mankind. And that's on page 10 of the intro. So yeah, so going into chapter one now, he speaks on personal responsibility. And before I go into a question, I'm going to re read out an account before we, we, yeah, we step into that. So he's, he mentioned of his, his own experiences and how he sees the world and what he's been through, his own personal responsibility in regards to his actions. So he says, I realized that if I didn't start taking responsibility for my, own, for my actions, I would continue to live a, delus a delusional life like these guys, not taking personal responsibility severely cripples a male from learning from his mistakes and properly rebuilding his morale from that foundation as a man for controlling his own life. I realized that I hadn't fully become a man yet because I wasn't holding myself accountable for the wrong decisions I'd constantly choose to make all my life. And that's on page eight. Do you think personal responsibility can be taught or do you need to experience repercussions of actions? Good question. 
Does it mean I'm asking it first? This is a good question. I call them. Um, so I think I think both. Um, unfortunately, in life, I forget what the phrase is, but um, smart. You, you must live. I mean, you must feel. Oh no, I'm not even talking about that. But that's one. Um, but the other one is as to smart people learn off the mistakes of others, and wise people. No, anyway, I think you you might know the phrase what I'm referring to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I think it's smart people um, learn the mistakes of themselves after experience and wise people learn of um, the mistakes of others. So that's essentially what I'm trying to, um, what I'm trying to say. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I just think that, yeah, I want to say, yeah, so the answer is yes to both in truth as to you can learn um, personal responsibility, but ultimately you've got to take responsibility. You have to take responsibility. So you have to be responsible for your actions going forward. And I think more often than not, people like to lay blame or, yeah, lay blame at other people's doorstep. And, and if you continue to do things like that, as, as, he, as he alludes to or see in the chapter as to people um, making up all types of excuses, I think, what's, anyway, all types of excuses as to why they're in jail, you know, and not taking responsibility as to the actions and things they did to other people you know, you're going to find yourself in a vicious cycle. Yeah. That was a very good question, French. With personal responsibility, it's, it's a tricky one. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm bordering on the, on the angle that P's come from, that P's stated in that it might be a bit of both. And I, I'll give you examples as to why. So yeah. with personal responsibility, um, I, with, for instance, when I was young, I might get like a, a pocket money per week. And like, it's almost like I'll be told, okay, you're getting this. Um, if there's something you want to save for or if you want to, you know, spend it, go to meet your friends on a Friday to go cinema or whatever, or buy McDonald's, it's, it's up to you what you want to do with it. But I'm giving you this and just know this is the last of what you're getting until the following week. And with that, it's okay. You're now responsible for what you've received and how long you make that last and what you spend it on. So sometimes, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I remember when I first started working and with my very first part-time paycheck, I think I bought like a Walkman. I spent all the money basically. I bought a Walkman. I thought I was rich. I got like 400 pounds or something like that. I thought I was rich. And go, I mean, in hindsight, I should, maybe I should have saved some of that money. But sometimes you have to learn yourself. And similar to what you said about, um, you know, you can learn off the, or you can learn from people, ask people's mistakes, P. I think, Honest to God, a lot of times you have to, you have to, you have to almost, something has to happen for you to learn for yourself. And, but the other thing I would say as well is sometimes just from experience, you can pick things up. So I know, for instance, I grew up in a household where there were, it wasn't a silver, a silver spoon. So I knew that at 16, 17, 18, 19, from 16, I was on it. I need to, I want to get a job. I want to start working. I want to start earning my own keep because I knew that I need to be personal personally responsible in terms of my financial situation growing up because I knew that in my household one of the things that always came up was like not enough money whether that's for pay bills I always had a meal I always had clothes so it's not even that but whether in terms of paying bills always like you know the letters come in where it's, I think they're called red letters or whatever all that kind of stuff I, I knew straight away all right this is something I don't need to um I don't need to be uh, I don't need to go through that experience. I know that when I grow up, I need to make sure I'm financially capable of, you know, staying afloat because look how much drama it's causing this household. That's something I could learn. So I don't know if, if I've explained myself properly, but I yeah. think it's 
I think it's a bit of both where some of it you can you can you can if you could, if it's visually if it's visually close to you, it's affected you in some way, shape, or form, you're more likely to learn from it than to have to go through it. Other things you just have to go through yourself and just and just and just it, it is what it is. You become person you become responsible yourself, I think, just through um almost like nature takes its course. You learn from your behave from your behaviors and your mistakes and you pick up and you hope that you can you can pass on your what you've learned to others but unless it's not personally affecting them sometimes they just have to learn the mistakes themselves and it's almost the way of life man it's been going on for generations facts i mean i think yeah both of you made the same not same points but the points that i i would definitely back and say it is a bit of both um kind of jumping onto the last thing that you said mace i think you kind of more, I think you have to more learn it from experience because I, again, reverting back to, to childhood when I was young and out doing reckless shit. Like, my dad, I remember my dad telling me certain things and, you know, when you say, oh, you've got a hard head. You've got a hard head. You're not listening. You've got a hard head. You're going to make a soft ass. You're going to have to, you're going to have to feel, like, basically. And that's what it was. I think, you can be taught, you can be given all the gems all you want. And my dad um, used to give me gems, like, this is what's going to happen, that's what's going on. Okay, so you're rolling a bunch of 30. Do you think all of them are going to be your friends in five years? No, of course, they're my dogs. Like, we roll deep, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And you can, and not to say this is anything to do with responsibility, but in essence, you're going to have to almost go through those actions. You're going to have to go through certain isms and schisms for you to realise, okay, I've got to actually take personal responsibility for my actions in regards to whether I'm going out and it's a 10 of us and he starts doing a madness. It's, my, my, it's, it's for me to be responsible and say, all right, if I'm going to get involved, you've got to know what the repercussions are, whether that's jail or other. And you've got to learn from those. You've got to go through those, those experiences. And... Um, yeah, I, I definitely think life experiences is better than being taught it because, again, you could read a book about being responsible, but when it's actually in the field and it comes to actually being responsible for someone else or a particular item, whatever it may be, unless you, you're going for it, then it's, it's hard to really say, I know exactly how to do it because you've not experienced it before, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple of things here that I wanted to say. So like in the book, well, so in the book, I said there's, I mentioned this to you before. So there's a lot of good, not good one-liners because they're not good for nothing. But I think he, they're articulated very well in the book. So he goes on to say, after going to jail at 22, he learned you don't have to believe in karma for karma to believe in you. Then also it goes, after listening to delusional reasons for why people did their crimes, in retrospect, he began taking responsibility for his crimes. Then it goes on, the last point was, um, self-reflection is necessary, sorry, self-reflection is necessary to dig deep and ask, why am I prone to making these decisions? Understanding is key to accepting responsibility and improve decision-making in the future. Yeah, I mean, do you know what, even in regards to like being like responsible for your own actions. Unfortunately, some of us have to learn on on the go. And I know friends that have they've done certain things um, recklessly and ended up jailed doing long birds because there was, it was just unfortunately they they wasn't. I wouldn't say not taught a lesson because they're all aware of certain things, but 
they had to go through that situation for them to learn, okay, maybe I shouldn't have backed that person's beef when they wasn't really on it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know someone that's backed someone's beef and they ended up doing a stabbing, then they've got laughed off, but it was never that person's beef in the first place. He just jumped in. I wouldn't say trying to be a hero, but just like, just on this reckless thing. And it's like, you've got to be responsible for your own sake, for your own, for your own personal situation. Not to say when you're out and about with your guys and you're doing your thing, if something happens, you, you do what you're going to do. But at the same time, um, you've got to understand what the repercussions are or whatever that you're doing personally. So whether that's you're holding the, the nangus, whether you're holding the burner, if you know, if it gets on top, that's you, not you. And you know what I'm saying? It's just like, you've got to be personally responsible for those actions that you take. And as I said before, unfortunately, I know, I know friends personally that have ended up having to learn that lesson the very hard way by doing 10, 20, 20, 30 years. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a hard thing sometimes, but... It, it is what it is. It is what it, well, I'll give you, French, I'll give you a, a great story here, yeah? And this is this is a true story. Um, when I was, and I can't, I think P might have been there as well, yeah? And I don't, actually, I don't know if he wants me to say that, but anyway, if Sorry. I go back to when I was, I must have been about 18 or 19, mm. and a friend of myself and P, I think the week before, him and a couple of his friends had been at like a dance or something in a certain area. And I don't know what had happened, but they had obviously been embarrassed that evening. I think P remembers. Do you mind me saying that? <laughs> yeah, I don't care. That's fine. I think, I think that him and he went to this dance with either him and one friend or him and two friends, but we weren't there. And he had been embarrassed that evening. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was over a female, but I think guys from that particular area or guys who frequented that particular um, bar or club um, a number of them basically embarrassed the guys. It wasn't like a physical thing. They're just embarrassing. He, to this day, I don't even know what happened. All I know is that a, a day or two later, there was a few phone calls that went around, a few messages saying, um, we need to round up a couple, a few guys. We need to go to this certain location. They're always at this place on a particular day. It, might have, it was a midweek day, like a Monday or Tuesday. They're always at this place on a particular day. Let's just go down there and like just, I just basically, I could, the, the particular person who got embarrassed said, like, I'm not having that, innit? And I, to this day, I don't know what was over, what happened. But I was like, you know what? You're my guy. Yeah, we'll do this. We went, we went down there, two cars deep, full to the brim with guys. So there was 10 of us there. And I remember um, I drove and also the guy who had been embarrassed, he drove. So two cars deep. But also he had arranged for a, a separate group of guys to come as well, yeah? Um, and so we all congregated and met at this particular point. But I remember at the time saying to this guy, to this particular guy, who's, who's still a friend of myself and Peter's there, I remember saying to him, look, we're both driving. Both the cars are in our names. Um, do not drive me anywhere near this. I don't know what's going to happen, but don't drive me anywhere near this, this, this town centre. Because as soon as you go into a town centre, this cameras, yeah? This guy, yeah, yeah, I won't. Drive straight through the town centre, park around the corner. And then there's cameras beaming down on our cars with the number plate. So I said straight away, whatever, if anything happens this evening, it's me and you in trouble. Just so you know that, yeah? yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and I remember at the time, there was no discussions. And this is where, like, it comes down to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to f- finish the story eventually, but this is where it comes down to personal responsibility and also knowing who you're rolling with and, and what they're carrying as well. Because Swift made a good point when we had him on where he said there was something happened before. One of his friends, they went down to a school or something, and one of his friends... Um, 
um, started, I think, stabbing someone. And that particular person took the rap and said, yeah, it was me who, who, who'd done that. Um, but they didn't know they had that on them. So it's the same kind of scenario where we've pulled up, we're all congregating and lingering in this town centre, waiting for this particular thing to close, this, this, um, this bar or club where it is to finish. And there must be about, there's two cars, 10 of us, and then there's about another five or six of other guys he's brought down. Anyway, we're in the middle of the town centre with cameras pointing us. Before we knew it, all these sirens come out of everywhere. There must have been about three or four bully vans come out of everywhere. French, all I heard was, ting, 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 ting. That's all I heard was, nothing's dropping. I was like, what is this? Like, it sounded like I was at flipping tool station or somewhere, bro. I didn't know what was going on. Anyway, everyone started scattering. It was that scattering. I said, and then like, I was like, right, everyone's scattering. Anyway, dogs come out. I heard Wolf. I said, you know what? I, ain't, I haven't done nothing. I haven't done anything. I'm staying. I'm standing right here. So I stood right there, innit? And like, they had a dog there. And then like, calmly and Kaji's like standing there. And then the police officer said, oh, we just like, I said, what's going on here? He's just like, oh, we just saw, we just heard reports that was a big group lingering. And we've just basically come to, to, to see what's going on, basically. He goes, just a quick search um, and you should be on your way. Search me, as I said, didn't have anything on me, whatever. Anyway, like, um, he kept me there. He goes, a few of your mates have run off and once I get the all clear, I'll let you go or whatever. Anyway, um, uh, uh, radio came in and they, something got found, basically. And all he said was, right, you're, right, you're nicked. You think you could come up to this area and bring this? And he said something and then he slapped man in the van. I was like, as soon as he said what he said, I was like, what? Who the hell would have brought that down? But anyway, he said, he said that. Anyway, man, go to the station now. Within about a space of 10, 15 minutes, all I see is bare the, the man then coming through the station. Like, most everyone got caught one by one, basically. And I remember that like, university at the time. I remember, I'll never forget this. So imagine man's in the cell and I've done about 22 hours in the cell, yeah? Where they obviously waiting to question all of us, whatever. Then they told me, done an interview, told me what had been discovered, NFA, all the rest of it. And I remember I come out of the cell now, went home. My car got taken to the um, thing as well, pound, whatever you call it, and had to search it. I remember coming, I was thinking, Never again. All I remember saying to myself is, never again. I had to learn this lesson. Never again. I said, never again. I said, if I'm ever out and I'm with my people and something happens there and then, 100%, I'm with you in it. Like, whether that's trying to stop whatever's going on, whether that's trying to, like, back you so nothing happens to you, whatever. I'm with my people. But no one is ever ringing my phone again. Where I've n- I haven't been involved in the first place and saying, oh, blah, blah, blah. Nah, not doing it. Sorry. You should have sought out on that night or sought out with the people you're with. That, that, that were involved in all that shenanigans. Because I remember missing the day of uni, I remember thinking, like, whatever they found, if it's linked with me, you could fuck up my whole life. And guess what? In like, just like you said, in five or 10 years, you know, if I, if, I don't know, if I went away, whatever, if something happened, and I might not even know you, like we still do, which is good, actually. We all know each other. And we actually laugh about that story now. But it was just that fact that after that, I, that was my lesson learned. And fortunate enough for me, that lesson, mm-hmm got learned and I didn't, nothing happened. It became a, what you, they call it NFA, no further action. So I got fortunate in that position. Fortunate, I'd done nothing wrong, but just fortunate that I was part of a, of a wider group that something, if something had happened, say for instance, the police hadn't come and something had happened, it could have been a very, very different story. So that's a good lesson there. And, and like, I had to learn it myself. And what I've always said to P French is, unfortunately, sometimes people get caught up in stuff when you're young, there's, there's so much on the peripheral, the fringes, where you can be with three or four people, someone does something stupid and you're there. Do you get what I'm saying? And it's just, it's just such a, such a tight 
we're not we don't have we don't have the mindset when we're young well some people don't i didn't that we have now do you get what i'm saying when we're our own people our own brains our own we don't care if a man says right you're a pussy you're not coming we don't care guess what i'm my own person you can label me what you want because i make my own decisions sometimes it's a herd mentality when you're young you're just all following each other with no proper leader or someone with a right mindset to say well, the, the consequences of these actions is not worth it do you get what i'm saying of course of course um yeah, you're right. It's and this is what we're why we're here talking about it now to be able to to express that message to, I guess, our younger selves. Because there's a younger me, there's a younger you, there's a younger P out there. Mm. On, I don't know. When I was young, I was on badness in it. Like I was, I was out there in it. So definitely want to be able to give that message and, and say you need to take personal responsibility. But at the same time, I don't want to be a hypocrite and say. Um, this, that, and the other, you're going to have to go through it, unfortunately. There's some things that you just have to experience. Exactly what uh, my dad was saying when I was younger, when he was trying to tell me X, Y, and Z. I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. I heard him, but I didn't listen. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? I hear what you're saying, but I'm not listening, big man. I'm doing my thing. I'm with, as you said, it's a herd mentality. When you're 10, 15, 20 man deep, you're just going to go out there and do the recklessness and laugh about it. There's, there's, there's many of things man's done and I could still laugh about it today. But when I think back to it, I'm like, that was mad still. That was a, do you know what I'm saying? Man could be away for certain things and whatever or not. But it's just like, you, as, you've, as you've experienced yourself, you need to learn these lessons yourself. But I will say again, going back to what he was saying in regards to smart people learning from their mistakes and wise people learning from others, yeah. This is the message that we wanna we wanna give to the youth them and say, look, listen, like we're we're olders, we're OGs in this thing, like, like we've been through it. Like don't think there's nothing that you're doing now that we haven't done or haven't seen or been a part of to some extent. We're giving you the message now so you don't have to learn certain lessons like doing a jailbird or end up being dead for the sake of just not listening to a few wise words, but Again, not to be a hypocrite, it's easier said than done, especially because we've now gone through it and passed it and looking at normal, almost looking from the outside, looking in. It's like, all right, cool. I, I know what you guys are thinking. I know how you look, feel. And maybe not so much when I was around, but like, I don't really remember a lot of the olders giving that message of, bro, you don't want to be doing this life. Like, it was more like, it was more encouraged, to be fair. Like, you'll more get props from the olders for doing certain things. You'll more get that, uh, yeah, the, the, that's just the spuds and the, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, with the man them and blah, blah, blah. But I think the tide's turning. I think, the, I think um, we're, we're definitely a lot more aware of the systems that's been in place for us to do those things. So I don't place blame on, on anyone at all. As, I, as the, the point being is personal responsibility. You've got to be responsible yourself. So, yeah, this, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it a bit more as, as the chapters go on and we'll, we'll reveal more gems and more jewels. Mm. In fact, there's a next part I want to read that will kind of tie up what we're speaking about. But I know I can see one of you that wanted to talk, so go ahead. It was just a quick one. It might tie in with what you're going to say. Sorry, people, I didn't realise it was you. I thought it was me he was referring to. No, no, I knew you were going to speak as well, but go on. It's a quick one. French, is there anything you now could have said to your younger self, which would have made you listen, is there anything at all? Could it have been said in a different way from what your dad said? Um, 
yeah, I think if someone that wasn't my dad probably had that conversation numerous amount of times, I would have maybe have heeded it. But at the same time, it's hard to say because I never experienced that. And again, going back to the whole herd mentality, when you're with 10, 15 of your bridging and they're all doing it, it's very, very hard for you to say, no, I'm not going to do that. And that's, that, happened on, that happened on more than one occasion. Don't get me wrong. I was never one to give it to peer pressure. Like if, I'm very stubborn. If I said I'm not doing it, I don't care what you say. As you said, as a grown man, like, I could say, oh, you're a pussy, you're this, you're that. I know myself. But even back then, there was certain things that I can never be peer pressured into doing. But at the same time, there was other things that I would just go along with, not really thinking about the repercussions, having near, near misses and getting away by the skin of your teeth kind of thing. But when you're that age, you think it's all fun and games. You don't realise the real repercussions of everything that you're doing. So, yes, to an extent, I definitely would have taken a lot more heed. And um, especially think, um, going back to the conversation with Shift George and what I asked him was, what, what do you, I guess a similar question, but what I was referring to was the fact that we don't have role models outside of entertainment. And I think we're now getting to a stage where we can, where we've got like a guy like Swift George that's, that's very successful in the property game. And you've got, I mean, there's other people out here that are doing things other than sport and music. So other than entertainment, there's a lot of successful black men doing things. And even if it is involved in the music or sport, it's they're being an agent, they're successful agents. You've got successful managers. You've got successful videographers or editors there's many different positions that we are now now starting to fill, especially through the industry. And it's not, I don't want to be, I don't want to make it sound like there's a knock against entertainment and the role we play in it because it is very pivotal. And obviously we're, we run that. We run this thing when it comes to the best footballers, the best musicians, like that's our field. That's what we do. But there's a lot more to us than just entertaining people. Like we're businessmen, we're scholars, we're poets. Like we can do other things. We're IT engineers. Um, like we do all these things that our white counterparts do, but we just don't get we just don't get the light shone in it. And I think if we get, if we get these people illuminated, so to speak, that will give our youngsters people to look up to and say, "Yeah, do you know what? I don't want to play ball. I want to go make an app because my man over there built 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 an app, and he is jiggy." I don't like playing football. I don't like playing sport. I don't like music. I'm a nerd. I want to learn how to, to do coding. And I want to be the next fill in the blank black person. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, what was you, I kind of lost track of what I was saying. That, so. was, that was myself. So, um, um, Mason spoke and then he, and he passed it on to you to... He asked you a question. I know what the question was. I was actually, yeah, yeah. What, what, what would I say to my younger self? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it definitely would have impact. I definitely would. What, what would I actually say? Is that what you was asking me? What would I actually you say? You the question because I, I basically asked you, is there anything you could have said to your younger self or said in a different way from what your dad did? And you, you, already, you, from the off, answered it and, and yeah. stated that, that you're not sure if you would have listened, essentially. Um, and there wasn't actually, and you said if it would have been, if it would have been someone else apart from your dad, but the oldest way encouraged you yeah. to do what they were doing. Yeah, so essentially, 
I think the, the goal and, and my point being is other role models. Like having, having um, an older statesman, so to speak, being there and saying, look, there's other ways of getting bread. You don't just have to hustle on the road. You don't have to go and do fraud. You don't have to go do robberies. You don't have to go and do all kind of madnesses to get it in and still be cool or whatever or known on the roads or respected or whatever. There's other ways. You can go and start a business, flipping, whatever it may be, and just do your thing. Like, once, like, do your thing and people will come to you. Don't have to go and look for the clout. People will come to you. They'll respect what you're doing, regardless. But, unfortunately, I didn't really have that direction. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope that answers the question. Storm. Yeah, well, I think you've answered it very well, if I'm honest. Um, like, so just touching on what you said and maybe some of the other things that we've discussed as well, as to let's say, um, some facets of what we do not necessarily being prominent. I just feel it's an evolution. So, like, I don't, want to talk, I don't want to talk about Black Lives Matter and things and things like that. I've, what I've learned to understand in recent time is just that what they did in, let's say, the 50s or 60s was good then. And they took the conversation a little bit further. And then in the 70s, those individuals had to take it further. Fast forward to 2020, it's our job and our responsibility to do certain things as well. Um, and I just understand it's an evolution, very, very similar to the fact that we've got a lot of people involved in entertainment. And the evolution of having loads of people involved in entertainment is that actually we need people to either, let's say, represent those people or to make whatever it is as to entertainment, make it, um, make, make, let it make sense from a business standpoint, you know, because a lot of the um, uh, creatives we have in our industry, um, that that I mean that is where a lot of oh god how do I even word it that's that's where a lot of the eyes and ears of the wider world become interested in what we do because a lot of those things can actually be sponsored and X Y Z so on and so forth and that's how a lot of money is I don't know generated I, I don't think I've even worded it correctly but I just understand that we're in a we're in, we're in a time and a place where evolution is is happening I think we need to embrace it and understand that and of course yes we don't have people necessarily. Um, um, in the spotlight by way of in, in mainstream media, but as for as long as we're, we're, we're proactive in, in making those changes, I think we'll be fine. I really do believe that. And I feel like, I think a lot of change will happen in our lifetime, but we, it may take after our lifetime before a lot of the changes we're speaking of actually come to fruition. And it's just something that I've just come, I've, I've come to live with and understand. And I know generations previously um, have obviously one of those things and probably as they maybe got a little bit older, probably believe these things wouldn't happen. But as time goes on in our generation, some of the generation before, they'll look, they'll look, they'll look forward and probably be really happy and really proud as to some of the steps that we've actually taken. I know in recent time, I don't know if any, I don't know if any of you watched the whole four episodes as to the Grime Daily. Um, yeah, so if you, yeah, I watched the first one. I haven't watched them all yet. Cool. So if you, I mean, ultimately, when you do watch all four. I think mm. if you look back and you look at the evolution of where the industry was and where it is now, there's a lot to be proud about as to what people were able to do then and what yeah. people are doing now. Because we all yeah. play our part. And again, as I say anyway, I just understand that. But like that was speaking on some of the things that you were saying before, you were saying French. But as to yeah. what Mason was saying, uh, me personally, I had to get burned. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that um, yeah, if, if someone had told me, because I'm sure people did tell me, um, if you do this or you do that, 
um, you'll be in this position or you avoid getting yourself in trouble. No, I've had to, I've had to really be put in some really tough and difficult positions in order to learn. So just like the one that Mason was talking about moments ago as to um, being rounded up by the police and this, that, and the third, I've been through that and several other, several others in order to learn. But, and I was actually trying to think whether it was that one or there was one maybe prior or just after as to me saying enough is enough because it just wasn't working, you know? And not to say that I was trying to be smart when I was out with Mason that evening, but there are other times when I have tried to be smart and it's, you know, and there was a period where I was getting in trouble just a little bit too much. And not like I was out here doing madness, but like just being in trouble with the police once or twice. And I'm not afraid of saying so, because I'm sure I've said, I've said so before. There's times when I've been in court where I can, I can really do a little bit, not mad time, but a little bit of time. And there's been no need for these situations to occur. And it's taken things of that nature to actually understand, you know what, I'm in a really good position with other things that I'm doing. If I continue going down this road, it's only going to get worse. And where I wanted to finish was, I mean, you know, now, see, I know you both are very, very similar, but I'm quite big on energy. And like to just kind of quote one or two things like I said in the book, you don't just wake up and become incarcerated. It takes years of neglect of responsibility. It goes on to say, um, if you want to show, oh, if you want to show your aggression or so if you want to show your aggression all the time, society has a cruel way of removing you from the regular world to isolate uh, you to places where you, where you sorry, isolate you, sorry, remove you from the regular world to, to isolated areas where that's the only thing you can do to survive. So if you want to fight, cool, no worries. There's 50 other dudes in this place called jail, all right, where that's where they do all day. So you can do that there. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you can do that there. So like, these are things that I've actually liked about the book and not, and also I know we've discussed the book in brief as to not the book itself, because all books have themes. So not that the book repeats itself, but I think the book, the one thing I think the book has, has very, very good one liners, you know what I mean? Such as well, the next one before we move on, personal responsibility is grounded in your character and your discipline, holding yourself accountable. Like I believe a lot of us had character, but maybe a lot of us didn't have the discipline we needed in our former years. And had we had some discipline, it might have been a little bit different as to some of the troubles that we, we found ourselves in. Um, yeah, speaking of one-liners, and just before we move on, uh, this is part of the key advice I did say I was going to mention. He says, master the art of being proactive versus reactive. This means dictating what you want the outcome of the situation to be before an uncontrollable outcome is dictated upon you. Now take that in. I literally take that in. So this this is the key for being personal, be personable, having personable responsibility. Yeah. Um, and just before we move on to chapter two, which is own mind, I wouldn't say this is like a, a personal, um, a public announcement, so to speak, but he, as uh, P you've just mentioned, there's a, a reoccurring message that he, he likes to say and this is one of the things that i think i picked up on which uh, would be good to read out as well so young black male take pride in knowing you're becoming a strong black man by taking responsibility for your actions freedom and true success is always a choice of mind where born leaders and kings with an entire culture and state of destiny anxiously waiting for our collective greatness to break through Let's empower ourselves and hold ourselves fully accountable for handling our business and getting the job done. And that's on page 14. 
preach. Cool. Let me just just two more. So like, um, no, no. So I got mad. I got mad. I got one. You got one. I got one. I got one. <laughs> Sorry. Um, just no, 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 no. <laughs> God. Before you go into chapter two, during, these things that I've understood during childhood, we develop crucial habits which shape our foundation for making decisions that will impact us forever. So I understand that um, maybe due to our circumstances and our environment, there might have been bad habits. There are definitely good habits we took up. So I'm not going to, I don't want to um, focus too much on the bad habits, but there might have been bad habits that we picked up which have shaped our, our decisions, some of the things that we've done and will impact us obviously forever. As someone who is now 35 years of age, I'm able to go back and actually, you know, dissect and find out what some of these issues were and hopefully change some of these things from a, um, not from a psychological point of view, but just change some of my, my cognitive thinking. I don't, know if, I don't know if that's the right word, but I mean, change some of my thinking and, and my habits and hopefully these will impact me going forward because these ha well, habits, as we know, it, it only takes a couple of weeks to develop a habit. I don't want to talk about the virus in the image you perform, but it's only take, it didn't take too long before everyone was wearing masks. And I believe masks will be a thing for, well, fit will be a thing for now and, and forever and a day, if I'm honest. But the last point I'd like to make or, or bullet point was morality leads to knowledge, which leads to self-control, which leads to righteous perseverance. Oh, I was going to touch on the point you made on the, on the, 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 the first, the first quotation you mentioned about the, um, childhood. About that. Uh, yeah, one thing. So I remember, and this is not, this is not my dad's fault, but this stuck with me when I was a child, when I started like school, when I started my early years of school. And he said, if anyone hits you, hit them. No, he said, yeah, he said, don't take no shit. Anyone hit you, hit them back. Yeah, yeah. Anyone hits you, hit them back. Don't take no shit. And the thing is, what he doesn't, I know why he's done that. He's come from an era where every time he touches road, there's like a Huh? So I got taught the same thing from younger than that. There you go. Every time he touches road, you've got to remember, at the time, there's like, racism's accepted almost. You can come out and call man all things under the sun. You come out and try to attack man. Even the police are, even the police are, like these days things happen, but back in the day, the police would just be like, right, we're bored, let's go find one of them and like do stuff, yeah? I remember my dad, like when I was a kid, like, anyone hits you, hit you, hit you back, don't take no shit, blah, blah. And you know what? You know for how many years? There's two things. You know for how many years? Like because of that, it's almost like I struggled to like see if someone's not even a heated conversation. See if someone's I don't know like saying certain things that you don't agree with or might get you heated or attacking your personal character, or whatever. The first instinct or the first thing is you need to be fight like fight like physical in it. But then the thing is, we we're growing. We've grown up. Society has changed. You, you, you go into a business world, you can't be dealing with people like that. You have to learn how to structure your arguments. At the end of the day, it's just the way you structure your sentences, structure your argument. And it's, you're going to have agreements, disagreements. You're going to have um, uh, conversations that like, are not that you need to just stand your ground or, or say, state, be able to state your points succinctly and get your point across. It's not just, right, you can't be speaking to me like, like, like that. You, that won't work. Do you know what I'm saying? That's not going to work in anyone's language apart from the road language. Do you get what I'm saying? And it's just like trying to get out of that pee from a young child. That, like what you said brought me back to a young child, but just even having to try to get that out of my mind and trying to focus. It wasn't, do you know what happened? I'm not even gonna lie. When I was in high school, so we got a friend pee, um, Jason, um, for F, yeah? Yeah. yeah. I remember, you know what, what's mad, yeah? 
his transition inspires inspires and inspired me because I remember when we was like year seven, year eight. Hope you don't mind me saying this, but like he was like, year seven, year eight, year nine, year ten, year seven, year eight, year nine, and year, year ten. But like, I remember he's got an older brother, and his older brother was was kind of used to do bits and bobs. I remember even my mate, he used to do his little bits and bobs and whatnot, and just dress like the man named Trackies and all that. But then his evolution in terms of the way he started to speak, deal with people, the kind of crowds he would kind of be able to, he could fluctuate between crowds. I couldn't do that at the time. Like, well, I could fluctuate between different types of crowd and know how to approach the crowd, if that makes sense. I was, that inspired me, bro. The fact that like he could do that and began to pick up these skills to the, to the extent where he's doing very well now in another country and like can, can, like, can, can boss a whole group of, people from another from a whole different ethnic and cultural background that's that, that's incredible and like i remember when i started to see that transition i was like right like if someone this close to you who you've always just felt like was just proper like for lack of a better term i don't want to say it but just black and like you know what i'm saying just proper like yeah like i'm black and this how black people behave. like so if they can transition i was like right man can do that as well isn't it i can do that and that that was one he didn't even know that but that kind of inspired me to say right broaden your horizon like Learn new things, take in new things. It's not all like, fight this person, anti that person. It's like taking new things, you know what I'm saying?